Welcome to the Tash Show Podcast. Devin Peacock, what's the deal with romaine lettuce? Are we allowed to eat it again? Oh, well, I mean, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have uh, determined where they believe it was contaminated. The source is in California. Mm-hmm. So some is apparently um, okay to eat. Although picking out which is okay and which is not, <laughs> kind of tricky. They put romaine lettuce. I ordered a burger at a restaurant on a week on the weekend. They put romaine lettuce on it, and I was nervous. I was like, <laughs> should I? I? I like lettuce on my burger, but I don't know if this is a good idea. And then yesterday, I was in the grocery store, and the romaine lettuce shelf had been completely cleared out. There was no romaine lettuce. Instead, there was just a sign up, and it said uh, it's something about, uh, you know, if uh, due to health concerns, we're not selling romaine lettuce right now. So I, to me, if it's serious enough for the grocery store to take it off the shelves, it's still got to be going on, right? They're the experts, I would say. I mean... They'd be uh, they'd be knowing what's good and not. I would hope. Yeah. But how serious is the sign, though, Taz? Like, what exactly did the sign say? You want to know exactly what the sign said, Jim? Well, let me tell you. The sign said, "If you put romaine in your mouth, you'll feel a rumble down south." Romaine. <laughs> Try one. Okay. Made a club sandwich on rye. Then I got E. coli romaine. <laughs> oh, yeah? I got romaine in my gut, and now I pee out my butt romaine. <laughs> should I buy, should I try E. coli romaine? So that's what the sign said. Hey, Jim. Yeah. I tried to get in my greens and then I pooped in my jeans, Romaine. <laughs> I eat a salad with friends, now I need some Depends, Romaine. Should I buy, should I try E. coli, Romaine? Cart. Now I can't trust a fart, <laughs> Romaine. <laughs> if you slide into third and you feel a little turd, Romaine. <laughs> should I buy, should I try E. coli, Romaine? Your peacock. Time for sports. Devin Peacock joins us, and so does Boss Brad. We figured we had to get him in here. He's a huge Flyers fan, and he's got an autographed Ron Hextall uh, stick in his office. Yes, I do. Hextall is gone from the Flyers, Dev. Yeah, fired by the uh, Flyers uh, yesterday. First GM fired uh, this year in the NHL. We've seen a lot of coaches fired. He's actually the first GM fired mid-season since 2013. Doesn't happen all that often. As a Flyers fan, were you surprised by this, Brad? A little bit, but then when I read the like the reason why that they they were just had like some philosophical differences, it kind of makes sense. Because what kind of guy is he? Because on, on the ice, he was a bit of an animal, right? He was a nut. He was an absolute nut psycho on the ice, which is why he was so great. Like when in '87, he had the giant hack on Kent Nielsen in the Stanley Cup Finals, held off by Hextall. 
And Brad Marsh plays. Something must have, yeah, here's something is. That's got to be. Ice, yeah. That's got to be a major penalty. Extra. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be. And then in 1989, when uh, Chris Chelios had that high elbow, and then it was the last game of the series against the Canadians, he like at the end of the game just ambushed him and you know. offside against the Canadians. And now Hextall goes <laughs> barreling out at one of the Canadians, Chris hitting high and hard. He wanted Chris Chelios as soon as Chelios came across the blue line. <laughs> just and that has to be that big mark yeah. that we talked about that's still riding on. So you think that's, that was his management technique as well? <laughs> no, and that's that's the funny thing is that he was actually like a really, I, I, I kind of liked him as a general manager because he was really somewhat of a of, of an even-tempered guy who, who had, a, had a plan and would follow it. Like last year. The Flyers had a, you know, they've had some bad seasons, and they kind of turned it around last year. So in in Philadelphia, they're like the the Dallas Cowboys or the New York Yankees, where it's like it's always like a win now kind of thing. Like yeah. go out, get the big guy, you know, pay the, fan, the money. The fans, you want to talk about psycho? The fans are psycho in oh, Philly. Oh, they're nuts. They're absolutely nuts. But uh, he was he was really like they they. There, there was the, uh, you know, everybody's asking me, you know, are you going to make a trade for the deadline? You know, are you going to make a push for the playoffs? He's like, look, I don't think we're we're going to make it that far in the playoffs, so why would we mortgage our future? You know, we've got a good core group of guys. We'll see how far we go, and then we'll we'll move on. And he was the same way when he was with Los Angeles when they won, won the Stanley Cup. So I think with the season not quite going the way that they thought it was going to go this year, there's something going on where you know they they're saying you know we we got to get rid of this guy we got to get rid of Giroux and and bring somebody in or we got to you know find a goalie somewhere. How did you feel on Saturday night watching that Leafs game against the Flyers? I th- I think I watched all of maybe six minutes of it. <laughs> it's nice that they blew it six minutes into the game because then you then don't you, have to you waste your night yeah, exactly. watching them get pounded. Well, it's not the, like they scored six goals in the final minute. Yeah. The thing is, I didn't start watching it at the beginning. Like, I was, you know, doing stuff and, and then, you know, it's like maybe like 7.30. Settle yeah, into like, the couch. Okay, I'll go watch the hockey game. Go sit down. Boom, 4 nothing. Like, well, okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> See, my favorite uh, Hextall moment was when uh, Potvin and Hextall fought, fought in 96, uh, 97, whatever it was. I think, I think Potvin won that fight. Oh, yeah, he yeah. did. No, he did. I, uh, I lo- Potvin was my favorite guy. Yeah, Good goalie fights. Who like, is going to take over? Like, what do, what do you think the future is for the Flyers in terms of GMs? Well, I mean, they've uh, already had the rumor that uh, Chuck Fletcher is one of the guys that uh, a possibility. I mean, they've thrown out a bunch of names out there, but Gritty is one of the names. I think Gritty would be an excellent GM. <laughs> it me. I mean, in, in a way, the Flyers have already won the season because of Gritty. It's true. You don't have the Stanley Cup, but you got gritty. Yeah. They wanted one crazy mascot. Hextall's out. (laughs) We got the new guy. I loved it on Saturday night, too. So I did watch more than six minutes of the game. But it it was on Saturday night, there's like they show this kid and he's got a sign in Toronto. He's like, where's gritty? And then, I don't know, it was the second or third period or something like that. They went like via satellite to Philadelphia. And Kyle, (laughs) the the, the guy who's the in-stand announcer, is doing an interview with Gritty in Philadelphia during this game that has just gone so far out of hand. Because there's nothing else to talk about. No. He just says, it me, Gritty. Does he even say that? Is he like Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy? Or did he just write that on Twitter once? He, He speaks on Twitter. 
But he doesn't say it me. Well, gritty. I, I was kind. Of, you know what? That was the first thing he, he said. That was the introduction to gritty. Was it me? But it was written. Uh, he's never. Yeah. You've never heard his voice. No, he has squeakers like a dog. So he would use. Head. Yeah, he used the squeaker okay. as a as his ways of communication. <laughs> so would so would Hextall, I hear. <laughs> Ron, what do you think? Uh, what do you think we're gonna do out there today? Honk honk. <laughs> <laughs> Moral dilemma. Hmm. What would you do in this situation? You walk up to the ATM. You're going to take out, well, you know, 60, 70 bucks. You uh, put in your pin, select your amount, and instead of $10 bills, the ATM spits out $100 bills. Hmm. So instead of $60, you get $600. What would you do, Jim? Would you report that to the bank or would you just pocket the cash? Pocket it in an instant. <laughs> would you? No doubt about it. All the money the banks have stolen from me over the years, overdraft fees, service charges. Stolen. Stolen. It's not your fault for spending more money than you have. The it's overdraft the fees, fault. maybe, but the debit <laughs> fees is nonsense. Overdraft fees are the biggest joke. You have no money, and they take more money from you. That well, is well, they could also just cut you off at zero, and then what are you going to do? Well, then no more interest. <laughs> yeah, save, save mattress. yourself from yourself, yeah. right? So you would take the money and run. Without a doubt. You wouldn't be worried that the bank would come after you? No, I think I could just play dumb. And go, what? Oh, I thought I accidentally pushed 600 and just went and said, okay, fine. 519-643-9696, what would you do? Would you take the money or would you report it to the bank? Would you be a good citizen? Would you be worried? Like you, you, You're spending that money. Would you be looking over your shoulder thinking that the authorities were coming to arrest you? Because the ATMs, they know you're there. They have cameras on them. They know who punched in their PIN number and who's account that money was supposed to be coming out of. So, do you really think you're going to get away with it? Hi, FM 96. Yeah, interesting story about the money with the bank. Yeah. Uh, a few years ago, I wrote a checkout for $3,430, and they only took 343 out of my account, mm-hmm. and they never caught it. So, they gave you... Over $3,000. Over $3,000. This is at a bank machine, or is this at a teller? Uh, that was, uh, I wrote a check. Yeah. And they checked, they cashed the check. But instead of the full amount, they only took 10%. Oh, okay. Mm, you know, this could come back like five years from now, though. How long ago did this happen? Uh, seven years ago. Oh, you're probably good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in Monopoly, when they say they make a bank fair, fa- or, uh, a bank error in your favor. Yeah. yeah. Well, when the heck does that ever happen? But to this guy, it yeah. happened seven years ago. Apparently. Good for you, man. Hi, FM ninety six. Are you taking the money, or are you giving it back? What do you think? Good morning. Hey. I think that I would. Probably walk away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, it's tough, but in my heart, I know it's wrong. So maybe uh, walk away with it and don't spend it for a while. Like wait and yeah. see if anyone says anything till the heat dies down. Exactly, and then when things cool off, it's like in Goodfellas when they do the big score and they rob the the airport and get all that the millions of dollars. They tell everyone, "Don't spend the money." Yeah, because we yeah, don't want to give away that we that we that we stole it. 
Yeah, I would invest it in Bitcoin. When it grew so much, I would keep the extra. Yeah, yeah, because you can see the future. <laughs> if you invested exactly. it in Bitcoin, you would have been really excited, and now you would have been really disappointed. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Well, if you said keep the money, if you're driving in your car and you're like, ah, I'd probably keep it, you were right. You should have kept it. This just happened at a Bank of America branch in Houston. An ATM started spitting out hundreds instead of tens. Somebody noticed the issue, posted on social media. Look at this is going on at this bank machine. Near riot breaks out. People are lining up, cars pulling in. Everyone's just freaking out trying to get to this bank machine while it's still spitting out hundreds instead of tens. Wow. Eventually, the police show up. They figure something's going on, and they they shut things down. And you'd think that Bank of America would then go back and try to get the money from everyone who who benefited from this. But check out what they did. Here's a news story from the, uh, the Houston... Uh, television news channel. The bank will be sending them letters to return the money back. That's what we saw. I mean, ATMs have video of transactions, timestamps. Federal law even says you got to give it back. I mean, this seemed like a no-brainer. You have to give the money back, right? There's no free lunch, and if you receive money that you know is not yours and you refuse to pay it back upon demand, you can, at the discretion of the district attorney's office, face possible theft charges. But Bank of America, perhaps in a somewhat puzzling goodwill gesture, says the folks can keep their ill-gotten gains. The official Bank of America response, quote, This was an incident at a single ATM in Houston caused when a vendor incorrectly loaded $100 bills in place of 10 dollar bills. We have resolved the matter. Customers will be able to keep the additional money dispensed. How awesome is that? It's amazing. I see. So there's a slot for each different type right. of bills. And the guy who loaded the ATM put the hundreds where the tens were supposed to go. Mm. Like if you t- imagine you went and you took out $1,000, you would have got $10,000. And then the bank is like, keep it. Yeah. Well, I mean, in America especially, they got all bailed out and stuff like that. They've taken pen- plenty of taxpayers' money. It is kind of karma. The banks yeah. the banks are like, yeah, okay, just remember this next time the market crashes. <laughs> <laughs> we may be coming to you. Rob says, if my bank machine was spitting out hundreds instead of tens, I'm not giving it back. I'm taking that money and going straight to the fabulous forum. <laughs> Here's a blast from the past. Yeah, I hate to tell you, bud, but uh, maybe you could have done that 15 years ago. You may have to choose another establishment. <laughs> I would do the right thing, says Rick. Put the money back into the machine. In the form of a deposit into my account. Oh, Ohio. <laughs> I uh, just heard your story about the ATM machine. This happened to me a couple years ago. The bank machine was dispensing double whatever amount you requested. I took the money, but eventually received a call from the bank, and then they took extra money out of my account. So there you go. This is what we're saying. Uh, this precedent that they have set with Bank of America down there in Houston, they, they let everyone keep the money. So now why would anyone give the money back? They're, they're, they're hoping, fingers crossed, the bank's just going to let me keep it. Take it home with you. Sit on it. If they ask for it back, you still have the money. You can give it to them. If they don't, fabulous form, here you come. <laughs> yeah, you're not down anything. Yesterday at this time, we had Philly Pat on the air. He's one of our listeners, and as you may be able to tell by his name, 
He loves the Philadelphia Flyers. He's been making Jim Kelly bets for a while now whenever the Flyers play the Leafs, because, Jim, you're a Leafs fan, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. And on the weekend, you know that uh, the Leafs beat the Flyers pretty bad, so Jim uh, had a big victory. Now, during the conversation yesterday, Jim, it came to light that Philly Pat had won a bet in the past. You bet a bunch of cans of Labatt 50, and you had lost that bet, so you had them sitting waiting for him here at the radio station. He hadn't picked them up yet. So after the show yesterday, you went and you tried to track down these cans, and you found them there in Boss Brad's office. Um <laughs> And then you picked them up and tried to move them somewhere. This is as we were wrapping up a meeting. Yeah. I leave. I go down to the kitchen to grab some water or something. I come back around the corner, and I can smell nothing but beer in the Great Hall. Yeah. What the hell happened? Had a little party, Taz. No, not quite. I come around the corner. Jim Kelly's on his knees with a paper towel. There is beer just shot up the entire wall. Boss Brad has a big glass window in his office. It's covered in beer. Boss Brad has Windex out frantically trying to wipe down the, uh, the office walls. And Jim, I just knew as soon as I was like, that's Jim Kelly. Well, I smelt the beer coming around the corner. I was like, what did you do? Okay, well, it wasn't my fault. I did nothing wrong. Brad mm-hmm. handed me the six-pack because what had happened was I got the beers from an L- the LCBO, and they have like the eight-row, an eight-pack that is cardboard. So when you get individual cans, you fill up this cardboard flimsy eight-pack. Yeah, I know what you're talking so about. So when Brad had it in his office, it was stuffed in the corner, and the 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 six-pack or the eight-pack or whatever got warped, and it was all mangled kind of. Mm-hmm. So when I picked up the, the eight-pack holder and started walking out of Brad's office, the cardboard disintegrated before my very eyes. The side fell off of the cardboard. One can fell out, landed on the top side of the can, and it just ruptured and sprayed everywhere. So how is that my fault? I was going to say something I I noticed. I I guess it is my fault, Jim. When I was leaving, I noticed that that... Uh, that can carrying case was not in great shape, and maybe I would have chosen a different way to carry it other than the handle. Oh, give me a but break, I, you know, Mr. I, Captain Foresight over here. I do have you. It's like it's like when I see my son running around near the coffee table, and I'm like, should I tell him to slow down, or should I just let him bash his head off the coffee yeah, table? Right. Because I know exactly how this is going to play out. Of course. But sometimes I feel like, uh, like my son, I just have to let you make your own mistakes. Sounds like you like seeing your son hit his head on the coffee table for your own entertainment. No, it's to teach him a lesson. <laughs> what lesson? You said it was karma earlier. How is this you, karma? Philly Pat was the one who backed out of the bet. You gotta How is this keep karma? your eyes peeled, man. <laughs> you gotta you gotta be able to anticipate what is going to happen. That's the, stupid. The other thing that uh, left me disappointed by this, Jim, knowing you, knowing all the parties you've been to up to this point in your life. How, when that can ruptured and beer started spraying out of it, how did you not just wrap your mouth around the can and just start shotgunning? 
It was it was too late. Like the can itself was destroyed. It's not like it, it fell on its top and then the tab opened up so I could drink it. Or even like when a beer gets hit in a bottle and it shoots at the top, you can well, put I, your mouth over top. I, of the it. way it was described to me, it was like one stream coming out the side of the can. No, it was like the, around the rim where it bevels out. That got split entirely. Oh, okay. and it was one moment where it just So exploded. like the lid separated, the top part of yeah. the can separated from the can. Like if you were to take a can opener and open a beer can, imagine that. That's what happened. No, I don't want you to cut your mouth. So good call yeah. on that one. And then you were like, I knew that can was sharp. I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> it's like when my son has a can of tuna and I don't <laughs> warn him. It, it was so funny, though. You could see. It was like a bomb went off, a beer bomb erupted, and and Jim Kelly is just in the middle of it. There's a dry circle in the middle with Jim Kelly in the dry circle, yeah. and then just beer surrounding you everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it still stinks like beer out there. I know. I got in an elevator to go home, and somebody got in the elevator with me, and I just smelt like a raging alcoholic, because they don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's like 9.45 in the morning. A beer exploded, I swear! (laughs) This is an interesting study from the Journal of Pediatrics and Child Health. This is important, especially with Christmas coming up. A lot of kids are going to be getting the Lego sets for Christmas. Hmm. Well, researchers, they decided to do a, a study as to how long it takes you to pass a piece of Lego through your digestive system. So if your kid eats a piece of Lego, how long will it stay in their system? Now, they didn't use any uh, tricks to figure this out. Six doctors just volunteered to swallow pieces of Legos. Specifically, the little yellow heads that go on the Lego people. So they they didn't choose, like, the sharp-cornered, big, eight, you know, eight-prong blocks or anything like that. They just did the little head. And they found that it took 1.7 days to pass the piece of Lego, which is about 41 to 45 hours. Yeah, it's probably just like a little piece of corn, that little yellow head, right? (laughs) Best part about this is the doctors all had to monitor their own stool. So there was, you know, they didn't have lab assistants or anything. They'd have to take a dump, and then they would have to root through it themselves, comb through it to see if the Lego head was in there. Is this what they thought they were going to do when they were going through university? <laughs> Their parents were so proud when they graduated from science school. <laughs> and it might be a little different for kids, they're saying, because they're smaller, that their digestive tract is shorter. But they just wanted to make sure that the Lego would come out and there wouldn't be any, any uh, complications. I could have told you this because my sister Allison swallowed my Han Solo gun when I was uh, back in like 1983. Are you serious? Yeah. And it would fit in the Lego man's hand? And my dad, I guess he was qualified to be a scientist. Not a Lego Han Solo. This was a a full-on, like the Hasbro Han Solo action figure. She ate Han Solo's gun, and my dad is qualified to be a scientist, I guess, because... uh, he rooted through her poop and found it about a day and a half later. No, he did not. <laughs> Washed it off and gave it back to me. <laughs> Jim, you went and saw a movie yesterday. What did you check out? Yeah, I went and saw the new Creed movie. Did you like it? I mean, it was it was okay, but it wasn't at all what I was expecting. Ah, it's a good boxing movie how could you not love it but i didn't go for a boxing movie 
What are you talking about? Well, like Bohemian Rhapsodies, all the rage right now. Uh huh. Music biographies. You see a title like Creed, you think it's going to be about music. What were you expecting? I was expecting something like this, really. The only thing more amazing than their music was the story of their revival. Well, I just heard a Christian rock band <laughs> the news today. secretly disguised as 90s grunge. Becoming the biggest band of their time. Here is uh, their CD right here, ladies and gentlemen, and we couldn't be happier. It's called My Own Prison. We're happy. They're here on the program. Say hello to Creed. All right. Only to turn into a laughing stock. They're a very popular group from uh, Tallahassee, Florida. I was clowning around. You're probably nervous. It's your network television debut. Scott Stapp is circling the drain. It's incredibly sad and extremely evident from four recent recordings. The IRS has frozen my bank accounts two or three times uh, to leave me completely penniless. A couple weeks where I had to sleep in my truck. Uh, I had no money, not even for gas or food. Oh, now I'm six feet from the and I'm thinking. But now... They're making a resurrection. Yeah! We're putting the band back together. We're on a mission from God. <laughs> Creed 2. Okay, so... Peter's in time for Jesus' birthday. A little confusion there, Jim. It's an easy mistake to yeah, make, I think. Yeah, I understand. I understand what went wrong. But I do enjoy that Sylvester Stallone is also in your Creed movie. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have Sly in there. Tough and over to the